Hey, this is Brian Dunham, and usually Linda is here. Uh, with, this is uh, Get Real Estate uh, with Brian and Linda. Obviously, uh, she's not here today. She actually has a little uptick in business, which is a which is a good thing this time of the year and a bit unusual. So uh, we actually have Amy DeRoyter, who's here from Goosehead Insurance, and she's going to be uh, enlightening us on everything insurance. Um, but just a few things I want to touch on. Um, Mortgage rates have come down just a little bit, uh, which is kind of exciting. Um, they've they've improved since uh, October, uh, and and that was the highest that we've seen in decades. So we're looking like uh, rates may be even being cut more uh, as soon as March, after the uh, previous expectations that the Fed would be cutting them in June. Um, so this week uh, coming up, mortgage rates could increase a little bit more, hopefully. Um, what's affecting rates this week is the economic data and we're going to see, um, let's see job opening and labor turnover survey come in on Tuesday, uh, payroll information on Wednesday, unemployment claims on Thursday. So it's a lot of information that they're going to be able to process this week. And as long as the banks like what they hear, we might see a bit of increase on the mortgage side of things, which we're sitting at 675 as of this morning for a 30 year and a 6425 for a 10 year. As far as the uh, new listings, active offers, and decreases over the last week, uh, we've seen approximately 60 in each category. So 60 price decreases, 60 new offers, and 60 new listings. And that's the entire MLS here. So I burned through that information way quicker now that I don't have Linda here to keep interrupting me. <laughs> that said that just because I know she's going to listen to this. <laughs> I hope she's going to listen to it. <laughs> anyway, Amy, how are you today? I'm doing good, Brian. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. This is my first one ever, so a little bit nervous, well, but also thanks, excited. Thanks for saving Linda and I on this one. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so so I guess... I guess introduce yourself. Tell us, tell us a little bit, bit about yourself. Yeah. So, um, my name is Amy D. Ryder, and I own Goosehead Insurance here in Eau Claire. Been in the insurance industry since 2004. Um, had a 17 year career with AAA, and then um, a few years back was approached by Goosehead to open up a franchise here and felt like it was a great opportunity for me to do something different. Um, but then uh, home life, I've got my longtime boyfriend, Brett. We have two sons together, Bennett and Brooks. Um, we like the outdoors, hunting, fishing, all that kind of good stuff. So that's just kind of me in a nutshell. Cool. So, uh, and, and you're expanding your business a little bit too, correct? Yeah. Brett is actually going to be joining me after the first of the year. So I had the business now operational for about two years and I'm getting to the point where I feel like I can't do it all by myself anymore. So um, I'm very fortunate that he wants to join the team with me. That's a, yeah, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you've made it mostly through the holiday season. I mean, we've made the uh, October, you were at uh, Trunk or Treat. We've got through uh, deer hunting. I didn't, uh, oh, I don't think we've talked about deer hunting yet. Oh, hey, yeah. So I didn't uh, I didn't see or shoot anything. Uh, well, I saw 20 uh, doe, but I didn't uh, shoot anything this year. How about you guys? Well, I bow hunt and I gun hunt, and I missed um, a deer both times. I missed a small spiker buck in the bow season, and then I missed a larger buck in the gun season. So I also got skunked. 
well, at least you got consistency going for you. There you go. <laughs> you look on the, I look on the bright side. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving, we uh, had a whole bunch of family come in and, and uh, ate, ate and drank our way through that holiday. And it's coming up on Christmas pretty quick here. I'm not so sure I'm prepared for that yet, but... Uh, how about you? Get it all locked down? Um, uh, we have family Christmas um, with my mom next weekend. Um, so my mom and my siblings, which will be kind of fun, but I have got that all wrapped up. Um, all the presents purchased for my nieces and nephews, everything wrapped. Actually, it's already on its way to Green Bay, so I don't have to transport anything. Nice. Um, and then the Santa stuff, that uh, that's still coming, so... We'll see where that gets us. That uh, you, you, you sound exceptionally prepared. <laughs> as much as I can be yeah. at this time. Oh, good. So uh, back to insurance a little bit. We, you know, uh, obviously you've got quite the career already in uh, in the real estate industry. But what specific experiences do you have with homeowners, auto, and business insurance? Yeah. So uh, myself, I specialize in personal lines insurance. So that's going to be. The things that you personally own, your cars, your house, um, any toys, boats, motorcycles, four-wheelers, even things like rental properties. I can insure one to four family rentals. I can also do life insurance and then also umbrella liability coverage. I do not have um, access to write business insurance at this time, but otherwise, if it's personal, I can pretty much handle all of it. And and uh, I can attest to that in several instances, uh, as you, I believe, have most all of our, maybe you don't have our auto yet, but I think you got everything else. Yeah, two of your properties I know are, are oh, with Oh, yeah, me. you don't have the home yet, do you? Well, we'll work on yeah, that. Yeah, we need to we'll get work, we we'll, need we'll to work on that. Brian. Um, well, so uh, as, what kind of, um, what kind of, Important things. If you're if you're quoting a policy, what kind of important things are you going to need from somebody in order to help develop their rate? Yeah. So uh, I try and make the quoting process as simple as possible for the customer. Um, if I have basic information, name, address, birthday, um, and then other information such as like your make and model of your vehicle, age of your home, when your roof was last updated, that can give me a pretty good idea of if I'm going to have a competitive policy for you or not, or at least I can get you some preliminary prices and then um, we can build based on on those original prices that I come up with. So when are there specific factors that are more detrimental? I mean, obviously, like when you go in for a home loan, you know, they pull your credit and they decide, you know, very heavily using a credit score, whether or not, uh, you know, you qualify for the best rates. I, I've heard that, you know, credit does have something to do with uh, insurance. Is that true? And are there other specific factors that really are heavy playing? Yeah, absolutely. So credit is actually a huge factor when looking at insurance. You wouldn't think that it would be, but statistics show that people with better credit tend to file less claims. So that's why I think there's such a, a heavily weighted factor there. Um, Other things that companies will look at is your claims history. So um, it's kind of crazy because when I first started in insurance, comprehensive claims were never looked at as a surchargeable type loss. Um, But as the years go on, the insurance companies are looking at all types of claims and the frequency of the claims in terms of your pricing. So they might give you one as like a 
you know, we won't raise your rate for one comp claim, but then you start to have two, three, you know, four comp claims. And then all of a sudden your claims history is through the roof and, and so is your price. Um, in terms of homeowners insurance, a lot of times you can get discounts if you have a newer house, um, say 20 years old or less. Um, but also a big factor in home insurance pricing is going to be the age of your roof, the age of your furnace. Um, they also look at if you've had plumbing or electrical updates, but the roof and furnace are, you know, tend to be two big key factors as well. Um, also not having home insurance claims on your record either. That's a big factor sure. too. And and has the roof uh, and, and furnace always been uh, kind of like a, a hot button topic or issue for for the companies? Because it seems to me that that's becoming more of uh, something that they're concerned about. And I think we've had that conversation before, but... Yeah, I would say not so much the furnace as the roof, but roof has always been an issue with home insurance companies, but even more so as of late. Um, a lot of companies don't want you to have a roof that is less than 20 years, or excuse me, more than 20 years old, um, or they won't provide a policy at all. A lot of companies are changing to an actual cash value roof settlement versus a replacement cost roof settlement. And the idea behind that is that home insurance no longer wants to pay for people to just do kind of a general maintenance on their home. So if after you know, 15, 18 years, the roof is starting to show wear and tear, it needs to be replacing anyway, that should be on the responsibility of the homeowner and not necessarily the insurance. So that's why we're actually seeing a lot of changes in the industry with those types of changes with coverage. Sure. No, that makes sense. So is that the same for like a steel roof even, or is that different? Metal roofs are looked at differently. They have a longer lifespan. So a lot of companies will accept a metal roof up to 50 years old, um, possibly more, possibly less, just depending on the company. Um, but when it comes down to the claims process, if say there's a hailstorm and the roof is dented by hail, but the roof is still structurally sound, insurance companies probably aren't going to pay for dings and dents to your roof sure. if your roof is still you know, doing its job. Sure. That makes sense. So you talked a couple couple times there about claims. What what does a claims process look like? Fortunately, I've, I've not had to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so most companies will have a 24-hour claims reporting service. So if you have a claim on a weekend or a late night, you can always call the insurance company and they will take down the details. Um, and then typically that it gets assigned to an adjuster within 24 to 48 hours um, of filing that claim or, you know, 24 to 48 hours of business days. Your insurance agent will never be your adjuster. So adjusters are licensed to handle claims where your agent is not licensed to do that type of thing. Um, yeah. So what if it's if it's not on the twenty like if it's not late night I mean uh, again I've never had to do a claim so I, it's kind of I'm fortunate there you know you wouldn't be the primary contact it would be the 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 eight hundred number correct in most instances instances yes um, I can help with the claims reporting I can help get you connected to the company's claims department um, you know I can stay on the line with you to help file that claim but 
typically it's all done directly from the customer to the company. Sure. And is there anything that would be beneficial? I mean, you know, if there is damage, you know, taking pictures, you know, I would assume you'd want to do that probably right out of the gate and make sure that you have everything all documented even before anybody showed up. But, um, you know, if it's best to call within 24 hours, I would assume. I mean... Yeah, so a lot of times you might not even be assigned to your adjuster yet, but the home insurance company is going to want you to protect your property um, as much as you possibly can sure. to prevent any further damage. So if that's having a, a water mitigation company come out, you know, and uh, start the drying process, that helps uh, prevent any further damages. Or same thing with a roof. If you have hail damage and your roof is leaking, you're going to want to get tarps on your roof to prevent any further damages to your home. So whatever you can do as a homeowner to prevent anything further, then that's kind of what the insurance company will advise you during that initial claims reporting process, sure. along with taking photos and providing receipts for any expenditures that you might have. Right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So as far as taking a look at policies to, um, you know, compare contrast, uh, you, you know, is it called a deck sheet? Like a dec declaration sheet? Is that what it's called? Declarations yeah, page. Yeah. yeah. I don't, you know, it's not, it's not in my notes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember from before. Uh, but that, so if I have, if I have that, I can just provide that to you and you can kind of do an apples to apples assessment of what, what you offer versus what they have and, and, and possibly uh, fill in the gaps? Yes. Um, it is helpful to take a look at another policy um, to either make sure that the house is proper, properly insured or your vehicles are properly insured. Um, also to find any shortfalls in your coverage. You know, say you want water sewer backup coverage, but you don't have it. Um, or if you want to schedule any valuable items like jewelry or guns and you don't currently have that, um, we can kind of talk through what and what you don't want your coverage to do for you in terms of different endorsements and things like that. Is there, a, is there an endorsement that almost always happens? I mean, you know, one of our properties you have had we had to have the flood insurance until we had it removed from the floodplain, which was a fairly easy thing to do. It only took, a, I don't know, four months or whatever, but <laughs> it got done. Anyway, uh, I mean, but is there a, a, is there a set sort of thing? I mean, obviously you've done it long enough when, when you see a, the, the, the possibility of a flood insurance or something. I mean, you know, what, what follow-up kind of things do you ask in order to kind of drill down um, on on additional missed coverage or is it just the expertise that you have that you're you're able to figure that out yeah so in terms of endorsements um, usually I like to make sure that a customer has water backup coverage so whether or not they have a finished basement some severe damage can happen from backup of drain or sewer so if your basement is not finished, you can lose personal items that are stored down there. Your furnace can go, you know, your furnace can get ruined. Your washer dryer can get ruined, that type of thing. Um, but if you have a finished basement where you have carpet and drywall, you may want a higher limit on that water sewer backup. Um, you mentioned flood. Flood is, flood is never covered by homeowner's insurance. That is a separate policy that you would have to obtain, um, 
and kind of a rule of thumb with flood is a flood can happen anywhere. It's just a matter of you can be in a higher risk or a lower risk. But if we get 10 inches of rain in a single downpour and the water doesn't have anywhere to go, that water is going to go into your basement and, and you're not going to be covered by your home policy. Um, then there are a couple other endorsements that I feel are maybe important, but you know, customers don't always know that they're available. So things like um, service line coverage, so those utilities that run from your street to your house, if those become ruptured and need to be excavated to be repaired, you know, there is coverage that you can endorse the policy to have. Um, but otherwise, standard coverages that I always include um, would be replacement cost on a home policy and possibly even an extended replacement cost, giving you either an extra 25%, 50%, or even um, guaranteed replacement cost coverage is, is always good. And then replacement cost coverage on personal belongings. So if there is a loss that you can replace everything brand new and you're not just going to get the depreciated value. So when you're looking at insurance and you're talking about some of the limits that are out there, do you have um, a, 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 I guess, what, where, where are the tops and the bottoms of the limit? Are they set by the, the policy holder? Or are they set by the company? How, how does that work? Yeah, that's a great question. We use estimators to determine how much a house needs to be insured for. So um, those programs that we have access to, you put in the features of the home. So how many square feet is it? Does there is there an attached garage? Does it have granite countertops? Is it normal builder's grade? So all of that stuff goes into these programs and then um, that system gives us a value and then that's kind of our, our guide point. We can go up you know, on that coverage if we want, but also that's where that extended replacement cost comes in handy as well, giving you additional coverage because we all saw during COVID the uh, building materials and labor shortage. Um, inflation really took its toll after after COVID. Did during COVID did I, I know in um, in the auto realm anyway? I, I heard that the insurance is. Uh, kind of pricing came down because fewer people were driving. Was that the the opposite for home insurance? I mean, everybody's home and trying to fix their home up and do things and accidents happening? Or I mean, what did that look like? Just well, out of curiosity. Yeah, it was kind of weird because yes, during COVID, um, all of these insurance companies gave their policyholders rebates because nobody was driving anywhere. But shortly thereafter, the insurance companies realized that hey, we're losing a ton of money because of inflation. Um, vehicles now have plastic everything and electronics. And if there is a loss, it's a lot more costly than what it used to be to replace the parts on the vehicle. And then, I don't know, it kind of seems to me that natural disasters have been taking more of a toll lately, just across the nation, wildfires, tornado, hail, um, yeah. and, and those types of things are driving the home insurance pricing to go up too. They seem to be certainly more prevalent, you know, and, and at a larger scale. Yeah. That's interesting. So it, when it comes time to, so, so when it comes time for renewal, um, you know, what's that process look like? 
Yeah. So whenever a policy is going to be renewing, the policyholder gets a copy of their insurance declarations page, which you mentioned earlier. And as a policyholder, it's your duty to look everything over and make sure that everything is accurate, that you've got all of the vehicles on the policy that you want to insure, that you added your 16-year-old driver. Um, because More importantly, that you took them off. Or, yeah, or if you take, <laughs> take them off. As they get older and get their own insurance. Sorry. But... Again, you just want to make sure that everything is documented properly on the insurance because you would hate for your young driver to not end up being listed on the policy and then they have an accident and then the insurance company could deny a claim for something like that. So again, just make sure everything is accurate. And then in terms of shopping, I usually recommend that once every two years is a good time frame to take a look at your insurance policies just to kind of keep your insurance company honest. Um, but shopping all the time consistently every six months, every year, that's also not a good look for your insurance score. So it's kind of like kind of like your credit history, you know, um, that takes a soft hit every time you shop insurance, but then um insurance company hopping around doesn't look good either. It also, you know, it, it's good to have longevity with an insurance company before switching to the next company. Sure. It, 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 although, so how, so as a layperson, how do you factor that in? You know, as I'm sitting there thinking, boy, I, I, might, I might want to make a switch. Well, for example, we had one, um, one place uh, within with a company for only a year and they uh, increased our rate by almost a hundred percent. And I thought, well, I'm not, that's, that's a, I understand there needs to be uh increase, but a hundred percent seemed to, well, very steep to me anyway. So that's when we made the change. Was that potentially a bad idea? No, not necessarily. I mean, I think that you're going to have outliers like that where you might see a substantial rate increase. And I think at that point, it does make sense to then shop around because ultimately, you're the one paying your premiums, not the insurance company. So where you saw a 100% increase, yeah, absolutely. I would always recommend shopping around to see if there's something better out there for you. I, I, good. Because <laughs> that was going to be painful. Uh, um, I guess, is there anything else that you want to touch on and share I, did I did I miss anything um so uh, I don't know I feel like I had some pretty big life changes in the last two years after opening up my own business and um, just wanted to maybe sh shed some light on that topic a little bit yeah. um, so I worked for corporate for 17 years and um, corporate was great while it lasted, you know, just very much structure, very much routine, um, day in, day out is pretty consistent. And then when I got the opportunity to take a look at and open a Goosehead franchise, I, you know, I first actually told them thanks, but no thanks. Like I'm happy where I'm at. Sure. And then went home and Brett and I were talking about it. And he told me, he's like, well, you'd be silly not to at least take a look at the opportunity. And I said, you know what? You're right. Like, let's take a look at it. So we actually sat down and we had a, a one-hour meeting with them. And I fell in love with the company after that. I loved their business model. Mm -hmm. um, they have awesome technology. So 
it was then that I started to dig deeper and, and kind of, you know, get it into my mind that, hey, I'm, I'm going to make a move because if I don't now, I probably won't ever. And I'm the type of person that gents, tends to not like change. So I'm happy that I made the change when I did. Maybe call it a midlife crisis, if you will. But <laughs> That's worked out really well. That's worked out well, yes. Yeah. Well, good. So when... W- when looking at future expansion, what does that look like for you? I mean, I'm assuming, you know, obviously you've got, as we've talked about, you've got one more coming on. Uh, is the, does it, I guess, what does the future look like for you, near as you can tell? Yeah, it's a little difficult to predict at this time, but um, expansion is definitely top of mind. I would like to grow and expand the business as I see fit. Um I'm going to see how it goes this year with adding Brett to my team. I think he's going to be invaluable. I think, um, I mean, I I can't do everything alone Mm -hmm. or at least not anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm just really excited. But yeah, I mean, maybe in another year we can add another team member or two um, to join us. But I just, I really don't know at this time, but I would like to expand further. And what's the easiest way for people to get a hold of you to discuss their insurance needs? Yeah, my phone number at the agency is 715-318-6716. Or you can find me on the internet if you Google Goosehead Insurance, Amy D. Ryder. I'm not going to spell it out because (laughs) I I have a weird spelled last name. Um, But then... Um, yeah, for my website, you can do a quick quote. Um, I have a digital Raider link where you can do just a plug in two minutes of information and it'll give you some rates back, which is pretty cool. And then I can kind of fine tune it on my end to see what makes the most sense for somebody. Sure. Well, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you covering us. Uh, we sure do, uh, we do appreciate uh, what you've done for us and, and our insurance needs. Uh, and thanks for joining us today. Um, you know, I, I appreciate it. Hopefully, uh, everybody out there is going to get some valuable information uh, today. And uh, I guess, unless you got anything else. No, I just want to thank you for inviting me on. Like I said, this is my first podcast, so it's pretty cool. And I, you did better than I did on my first podcast. Okay, so good. That's, that's the important that's part. That's a relief. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. And hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I sure do appreciate it.